Well, good morning, Cornerstone. It's great to have you again with me here in my living room. I'm going to try something very adventurous, very brave this morning, and that is to do an entire message without a sporting reference. Um, so to, to assist me in this bold venture, I'm actually going to use a metaphor from another of my great passions and love, which is music and, and particularly actually playing guitar. I have with me here, this is one of my guitar pedals. Now, like, by way of explanation, like a lot of guitarists who are limited in ability, I, over the journey, have spent way too much time and effort and money on guitar gear to compensate for my lack of ability. And uh, so I have a number of guitar pedals. Uh, you might be aware of this, but the way in which a guitar pedal works is you have an electric guitar that you play and it's got what's called the pickups, which picks up the sound and sends it through the cord into the pedal. And in here, there's electronic circuitry, which sort of alters the sound, takes the signal and changes it, and then comes out the other side through another cord into the amp and amplifies it. And it adds something to the sound or does something to the signal. So you might have what's called a chorus, which makes it sound bigger. Or if you're familiar with U2, um, Bono is very famous for using a digital delay, which kind of adds or repeats the note quietly after the note or... This, this one here is actually a distortion pedal or an overdrive pedal. And this pedal in particular, all my guitarist friends out there, G'day Seb and uh, Ben and Chris and Cameron and others, will recognise this particular pedal is quite famous, quite iconic. It's called a, a, um, an, an Ibanez Tube Screamer. It's actually the TS9. It was made famous by a blues player called Stevie Ray Vaughan. And... It's iconic not just because it was played by Stevie Ray, but it's what's known as a transparent pedal. And that is the way in which the circuitry has been designed allows the original signal, the, original, the sound of the original guitar, the unique sound, to be expressed through the pedal. A lot of other pedals, when the sound goes in, it alters it so much that when it comes out the other side, you can't really hear the original guitar sound. Like you could use three completely different guitars and you, all you're really hearing is the pedal. This one here, if you've got a trained ear, in fact, anyone would be able to hear and go, oh, that sounds like a different kind of sound. And in fact, the genius of this is that if you've got a trained ear, you'd be able to go, oh, I can hear that's a Stratocaster or that's a Les Paul or that's a Telecaster. And... Um, it's actually the combination, and this is why so many musicians and guitarists like these kind of pedals, because it combines the original source, the signal, and colours it. Now, many of you are going, thanks very much, Clarkie. That's three minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. Why am I talking to you about this? Well, I think it's just a wonderful picture of how God intends to work in and through his people, individuals, but also the church. Uh, it's really clear from the beginning of Genesis that God actually wants to collaborate with humankind. And we see it, and we've talked about this before, we see it so significant, the way in which he actually invites um, Adam into the creation story. He actually, to participate, and says, actually, you've got a shaping role. You give them names. Now, that was true in the moment, but it's, it was even more powerfully true because he's saying, this is the way I want to 
interact. This is the way I want to partner with my creation, is that there's something coming from me, but it's going to be expressed through you that you're going to participate with. And we see this all the way through Scripture, um, to the point where it's really clear that whenever God wants to do something, it seems God's plan A, it seems normative, that whenever God wants to do something, there's always a someone. So when God's people needed, when there was an exodus that needed to happen from Egypt, there needed to be a Moses. When there was salvation for God's people, when they were in captivity in Babylon, there needed to be an Esther and a Mordecai and others. And when there was an incarnation of the Messiah coming into the world, there needed to be a Mary. And when God's good news needed to go out into the world, there needed to be a church. And that's God's plan. Now, this is important, and the reason I'm sort of pointing to this metaphor that I hope makes sense is that it's the combination. God intends it to be the combination. We certainly hear the source, the signal, the message, but it picks up something. We're doing something. We're adding something to that. Now, that can actually be, maybe if you've been around church for a while or not even a while, there's a way of talking and thinking about the way God interacts with the world that seems opposite to that. And we often have it, uh, have it in phrases and we sing about it in things like um, more of you and less of me, God. Um, you know, it's like we've got to get out of the way. God, God must, I must decrease so that God must increase. There's a sense in which this is right. Um, but to the, to, the, to the extent in which it makes us think that God just wants us to get out of the way, that the most... The purest form, the most biblical form of God expressing himself will be when it's, you just can't see humans' grubby fingers on it at all. That's just not true. That's not his plan A. In fact, that idea of God, uh, we must decrease so that God must increase, that is referenced from um, the life of John the Baptist. But we need to understand that John the Baptist had a very unique role in human history. That was a very unique time in human history. John the Baptist is seen as the last of the Old Testament prophets. And he was effectively saying, what I represent the old, the old way in which God has expressed himself and spoken must sort of make way for what Jesus is now doing and is going to do. Um, so that was never intended. Those words when John spoke them were never intended to be a blueprint of our expectation that we've sort of got to come over in the corner and just let God do all the work. No, no, it's not, it's not less of me, more of God. God, your heavenly father would say, no, 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 all of God and more of us. We see the early church participate in the formation of the church, shaping the church. And again, there's this partnership there. From the beginning of Acts, it's a relatively small group of people huddled away in a small room. By the end of Acts, only about 70 years, about a lifetime, there is a, a movement that is, that is expressing itself through the known world. And there's all sorts of shaping decisions going on. There's clearly leadership there. There's decisions where people are being sent out on missionary journeys. There's information coming back. There's uh, determinations about how much of um, the old culture where these churches are coming from, the pagan cultures, should remain and how much of the old culture of Judaism should be expressed and how much of the new, what does Jesus, uh, the new thing that Jesus has said, 
How does that all work together? They're making decisions about that. How do we shape the church? What are the roles we should have? It's very, very dynamic. There is no sense whatsoever that there's like a blueprint that floats down from heaven. Naturally, there is the old, there's the scriptures, the Old Testament. But we see phrases in Acts like, it seems right to us and the Holy Spirit. Right there, this collaboration where they're discerning what is right. How do we shape what we're doing? We recognize and they step up to the challenge of participating in shaping the church. But they recognize that there is a signal, a source that must be expressed truly in this new time in a new way. We are in a season like that, folks. We're certainly in a season at Cornerstone because as I've been saying for a while now, as we intend to begin 21, by reshaping the church and gathering in a more repeatable and consistent rhythm. Because due to the response to COVID and what's happened in the world, we kind of deconstructed things. Well, we've got to build things back up again. As we're doing that, and I signaled this at our AGM this Sunday, and you might have heard me say, sorry, Monday night, you might have heard me say similar things. I really believe. It's more than just responding to a crisis, but it's actually about shaping things for a world which has fundamentally changed. And in the next few weeks, I'm going to invite you, the church, to be a part of that, to discern together. Now, to be clear, we, we are a church that has a leadership structure. You have a senior pastor. I'm not stepping away from any responsibility with doing that, but I do believe there's a shaping here where we need to continue to hear from God. Um, I spoke on Monday night. We talked a little about this at the AGM when we gathered together for the AGM. We gave thanks for the way in which God had brought us through this COVID period and the way in which people have been so faithful. Um, and God's provided in so many ways. And I made a um, what in some ways might be a false distinction, but it's important. I want to make it here again this morning. We made lots of decisions and responding to a crisis, but we now need to shape things in partnership with God, the way in which God has always invited his church to do it, for an, in many ways a new world. Um, and I, I drew from my own experience of walking through the, the changes in our family in the last little while. A lot of you will be aware of the story, but some of you might not. Um, uh, three years ago now, Christy, my wife, was um, she previously had breast cancer. The cancer came back, came back in a devastating way. And um, by the time it was detected, um, it was, there was eight or nine tumors in her brain. It was also through her lungs, major organs. And like in a, in a, in a split seven, in a phone conversation, our life changed and we went into crisis. And it was a crisis. Let's call a spade a spade. And we really didn't get too many options. We had to respond. That crisis ended, uh, actually this week, the 28th of October, will be three years from when Christy graduated, as we said. She went on to glory. She's in no more pain. We were released from that season and she was released from that pain. But what started then was a new season for us of fundamental change. The world had changed forever. We're still figuring out what that looks like. She was central. She was the emotional center of our family. She was certainly the organizational center. She was the, the culinary center. There was all of these things we had to reshape. Because of a fundamental change, there was a crisis, then there was a fundamental change. 
interestingly, as, as difficult and as dark as that crisis journey was, there was less decisions to be made. We were just responding in many ways. The journey has been, a lot, in a lot of ways, a lot more difficult as we've rebuilt what life looks like without Christy. We're still doing it. And I, I shared on Monday night, I think there's, there's some similarities here. This seems a little familiar. There was a crisis. I, th I think as a church, we handled, have handled it magnificently. We gave thanks to God's faithfulness and your giving and so many good things. But we're now at the beginning somewhere, still in the middle of the world really radically changing. We're not even sure what it exactly means. It's still ongoing. We're not out of this. What I do know is that God is doing something really profound. And I want to kind of, I want to hoist the sails and catch the wind of the Spirit here. We have a responsibility there. God is going to work through us to colour what the church looks like in this new time. And so we're going to come together and we're going to discern. We're going to do some, it seems right to us and the Holy Spirit. Just like the early church, we have, we have a, an authority structure. We have leadership. And as your senior pastor, um, when I'm saying I, I'm, not, I'm not sort of giving over the responsibility for everyone to come up with their best ideas. I'm saying let's actively participate in some discernment together. When it gets time to make decisions, but what does it look like now to worship together more regularly, week by week? What are the things that there's a sense in which in the last few months, there's some tones that have come out of us that we really like. Oh, we like the sound or the feel of what church looks like. We want to keep that. We like that color. We like that emphasis. We want to keep that. And there's some other things we just can't wait to get rid of. We're going to discern those things together. And this this morning is about, I guess, trying to normalize to say, God says it's okay for us to choose, to participate. There's some shaping through us. There's some colors through us that God says, this is the way I like to do things. I'm going to finish off where I started um, by coming back to my little tube screamer here. You know, when I first started playing guitar, there weren't very many options of pedals. There was a couple of big manufacturers who made a lot of the same pedals. Um, but uh, in the last 10 or so years, there's been this boom of what they call boutique pedals, where a whole lot of these smaller uh, manufacturers are making pedals that have got subtle and slight differences that color the sound. Again, they're these transparent pedals where you can still hear the original source. You can still hear the signal from the guitar strongly, but the pedal itself makes a slightly different sound. I really like that picture. Cornerstone has always been and should be its own unique sound, its own unique expression. We always want to have the signal, the song from God to come clearly through us, but we want to add our own little flavor. And I think as we move forward, that's uh, I'm praying and believing this is just a really great opportunity. What God is asking us to do is to partner with his Holy Spirit in the same way that he's always wanted his church to do that, to not say, oh God, we just want to get out of the way and just have it all over to you, to say, no God, more of you and more of us, more of the best us. And I really believe that as we do that, we're going to shape ourselves that that sound from the heart of God is seen and heard and felt and experienced even more powerfully in our community. You know, a, a 
maybe almost two years ago, Pastor Josh preached the sermon. I've referred back to it a number of times because at the time it felt like, oh, that seems really important. Um, often we talk about the way in which a prophetic word, you, can, you kind of feel it before you understand it. He spoke about an explorer who was trying to find a way from the old world in Western Europe, from England, over the top of the Americas, the Northwest Passage, to thread through those islands there near the Arctic Circle to the New World. Uh, it was ill-fated. They didn't make it. And really what Josh helped us see um, was because they held on to too much. They took, tried to take too much stuff with them from the old world. Now, there are some essential things about who it is to be the church, what it is to be the church, even what it has been and is about being cornerstone that we're taking with us. But I really do believe it's an opportunity for us to be reshaped, to partner with the Holy Spirit for the new world. I'm, when we gather together and I call you together, there's a couple of things, particularly about how we might shape ourselves around mission to our community, and particularly young people. I'm looking forward to sharing some quite exciting things, I think. Not quite very exciting. Uh, again, God's doing something here. But I want to invite you to pray, to participate, to be prepared for maybe leaving things behind and to come with us on a journey to embrace what God is doing. Again, I hope this morning you've been able to see this idea of us participating in what God's doing has always been his plan. It always be what, been what he intends. We're going to make sure we are as transparent as possible, that we can turn up to full boost the signal and the word of God through us, but we add the flavour of what it is to be God's people in our community, in our world, so that a beautiful sound is made. Well, folks, uh, we're just about to wrap it up. And uh, there's some questions. I hope you, you wrestle with this, have some discussions, pray with your life group um, or whoever, whether you're gathering. I've made it all the way through and not a single sporting reference. Um, so we might just pull stumps there. God bless.